Hello, I'm Rob Hudson and this is the North Knots Hockey Podcast, Pushing Back. Before we begin today, I want to speak about something that puts our game into true perspective. A club is all about its members. And sadly, in May, we lost a beloved member, Lindsay, after a long and brave struggle with illness. Throughout, she was looking forward to getting back onto the pitch with her teammates. She loved them and they loved her. Lindsay, you will be much missed. We dedicate this episode to you. to Pushing Back, the official podcast for North Knots Hockey Club. Welcome back to any previous listeners. If you've come back for the second episode, well, we must be doing something right. And if you're a new listener, uh, just a little bit about us. We are North Knots Hockey Club. We play out of Mansfield Woodhouse. We've got a men's and ladies section in the Midland League with a number of teams. And we've also got a strong development program for youngsters. We've had a tough couple of seasons. Like everybody else, the pandemic obliterated the season before last. And last season, we lost our pitch. We were travelling miles for our home games. And it's caused problems. So pushing back is part of re-strengthening the club, trying to develop communications as we push back in the face of all that. So in this episode, we've got a, a packed programme again. We've got some news of the award winners who uh, received their awards at our annual presentation evening, which was uh, in May and enjoyed by all, as it always is every year. We've also got some interviews with some of our younger players who won the top awards. So I'm really looking forward to that. We've also got a brand new feature, 10 Tricky Questions with Jimmy and Jay. Uh, Or is that Jay and Jimmy? I'll let them fight about that. The first one of these is going to be putting the spotlight on Gemma Jackson. Let's see how she copes with those 10 tricky questions. We've also got an interview with Chris Buck. If you listen to the last episode, you'll know that Chris Buck turned up in Barry's story. He was a, a member of the class of 89. He was a youngster then. I've always envied his hockey skills. They are amazing. So I found it amazing in a different way that he couldn't put a duck out of its misery with his hockey stick. So I'll be asking him about that, of course. And there'll also be a news update on our plans for next season to see how we're going in terms of the pitch, where we're going to be playing, how many teams, that sort of thing. But as usual, I've got Jimmy and Jay with me. So hello, Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm all right, Robbie, how are you? Marvellous. What are your views then about the podcast? What have you heard so far? Well, we've had some positive reviews, Robbie. I'm not sure how long it took Jay to write them all. <laughs> and my missus says it was okay. And I even heard her laughing at one point, and she struggles to break a smile. So it's got, <laughs> it's got to be half decent, surely. Well, yeah, I think we're on a winner. If that's, that, you've achieved that. That's great. <laughs> definitely, Robbie, definitely. And Jay, how about you? How have you seen it as you were the instigator of it all? What do you think? Hi, Robbie. Hi, Mr. Slack. Well, it's, Hi, certainly been, it's certainly been a bit of a whirlwind. I'm pleased that we managed to get the first episode out on schedule. 
And then it was just a case of wait and see what happened, see how people enjoyed it and what feedback we got. I always said that the idea of this podcast was to bring people together, just like a newsletter, really, like what we used to do. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's it's a lot easier, <laughs> supposed to be a lot easier to do this. And, and <laughs> it will be in the long run without all the printing things we have to do. Well, in the first few weeks since it's been released, it seems like we're starting to pull players back together towards the club. AD Singleton's oh, planning on playing again next year. And really good news that Ant Clay's decided that he missed his hockey and he's ready to be back in training with the first 11 for next season. So that's really positive news. I'm really pleased about great, that. Great and regards to the downloads of the podcast, they've by far exceeded what we expected for the first episode with listeners all over the world, really, in the USA, yeah. Belgium. I mean, who listens to the podcast in Belgium? And if you are listening to episode two in Belgium and the first one wasn't a mistake, we'd love to hear from you. We'd, yeah. love, to know, we'd love to know who it is. Cool. And I'd encourage people that do listen to the podcast that they download it instead of streaming it because that gives us a bit more of an indication with the records in the stat on how we're doing with it. But yeah. we're well into triple figures already on the first episode. And one of the most pleasing things, Robbie, really, is the plaudits that we've had for you as the uh, presenter. And I think it's safe to say that your legendary status is now assured. And it's only a matter of time before you're appearing on chat shows and radio stations. Well, well, that's that's great of you to say that. And I'll keep the phone handy just in case. That yeah, call definitely. Comes. Definitely, Rob. <laughs> and uh, we've had some reviews as well that's actually emailed in. I'm just yeah. going to read one of them out. It's from Eileen in Boristown, who says, Love the podcast, love to hear about the local hockey club. And those two co-presenters sound really good. Full of wit and banter. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Jim, what's your mum's name? Eileen. Right, and where does she live? Forest Town. Right, okay, we'll move on then. <laughs> I'm sure there's more than one Eileen living in Forest Town. I think there is, Robbie. I think there is. <laughs> well, I, I think you're absolutely right, Jay. We've got uh, some great stuff coming up. So, right, well, let's get on to the first feature. The latest North Knots Hockey Club news with Robbie Hudson. And now for some news. We've got so much news in this podcast, we're going to do it in two sections. First of all, an update on the manor. We're still working with the Two Counties Trust and Express Coaching to get a deal over the line with the manor pitch. At present, the negotiations are ongoing, but we're still very positive. Some transfer news you may have heard. Uh, Josh Singleton will be joining the club and heading back to the first 11 squad after playing a season in the Northern Premier League with Brig. That's great news. Welcome back, Josh. And of course, it's the end of the season and it's a time for reflection and congratulations. And we held our annual uh, presentation dinner on the 21st of May, and of course, the normal trophies were given out. The awards in the club are these. We have two per team. One is voted for the player of the year by the players themselves. And there's a captain's award given by uh, the captain, obviously who thinks someone's made a particular special contribution to the team. We also have some awards for the most improved players in different age groups. And lastly, we have two special awards in memory of two outstanding uh, members of the club, uh, Chris Shakespeare and Bill Workman. So the awards are uh, the, first, uh, the men's first 11 player of the year is Henry Elwood. 
the manager's award for the men's first 11 was given to Greg Cartwright. The men's second 11 player of the year was Simon Atkin, while the captain's award for the second 11 was Dean Singleton. The third 11 player for the men's was Stephen Sloan, and the captain's award was given to Isaac Fletcher. In the ladies section, the first 11 player of the year was Kate Busby, while the captain gave her award to Michelle Slack. In the ladies second 11, the player's award was given to Becky Canalas, while the captain's award was given to Chevelle Baxter. In the third 11, the player of the year was Grace Colato, while in the third 11, the captain's award was given to Rachel Martin. The most improved players throughout the club, well, the most improved men's player was Adam Bolas, while the most improved under 18 male was Brad White. In the ladies, the most improved player was Grace Colato, while the most improved under 18 lady was Layla Slack. The Chris Shakespeare Award was given to Paul Unwin, and the Bill Workman Award was given to Dean Singleton. One last piece of news in this section. Congratulations to John Tomlinson on reaching his 94th year quite recently. John is one of the founder members of the club. We're always thinking about him. He's a constant presence on the touchline, although obviously the last couple of years he's not been able to get there. But we're looking forward to seeing him again soon. So that's the end of this first news section. The North Knots Hockey Club Podcast. Pushing back with your host, Robbie Hudson. Despite the club's difficulties, it's still been a great year for the future of our club. What I mean is the young players. In both the ladies and the men's sections, young players have taken on the challenge of playing at the highest level within the club, and they have done really well. Throughout the year as well, the juniors have continued training despite there not being a pitch available at the manor. Every Monday night, young players aged 5 to 13 have had a training and coaching session on a small five-a-side pitch located on the clubhouse grounds at Debdale Park. There are also some up and upcoming tournaments for our under 8, 10 and 12 teams. And last season was even finished off with a junior social event at the Super Bowl Bowling Alley in Mansfield. Hopefully that's not the end of things for this season. Before next season there should be some one-off ad hoc sessions as well. It's really lively and active in the ladies section as well. We've entered three teams in the Red Hill Summer League and we have seven, yes, seven under 16 girls playing across those teams, which is amazing. Three of the girls are completely new to the club and will be starting the season with us in September. Not to be left out, the men will be competing in the Beeston Summer League B division and will be fielding more juniors. So things are looking great as we continue to push back. Now we're going to hear from some of the juniors that were successful at our end of season awards. There's Layla Slack, who was part of the league winning ladies first 11 squad and also won the most improved under 18 girl award. We also have Henry Aylwood. He won the coveted men's first 11 player of the year award in his very first season playing for the firsts. Isaac Fletcher is also with us. 
He won the Men's Fourth Eleven Captain's Award for his outstanding debut season. And take it from me, I saw him. He was outstanding. Unfortunately, our most improved under-18 male player, Brad White, wasn't able to join us tonight due to exam commitments. We're making this podcast in the middle of the GCSEs. But fortunately, we will hear from development player George Faulkner, who has not been old enough to play in adult teams yet, but will be moving into adult hockey next year. And he's also been representing the club, playing in an under-13 national tournament. Now we're going to hear about their experiences with the club, its development, and what their plans are for the future. Hiya there, guys. How are you? Hi. Good, thanks, Robbie. Good, thank you. Marvellous. Marvellous. Well, can I begin with you, Layla? The first question I want to ask you, and I'm going to come to all of you in turn, is what have you enjoyed about this season? What's been one of the highlights for you, one of the best moments? I really enjoyed playing with the first team because obviously it's my first season playing with them and it's been a nice opportunity to play with more experienced players like Lil. Um, yeah. It's really helped me to improve and we've all been really supportive. Is there a particular moment? Did you, did you get a couple of goals? I don't know. What, what's worked for you this season? No. I'm not really <laughs> very good at scoring, but winning <laughs> the league was really nice because we obviously didn't lose a game. So... It was really nice just to keep the consistency like throughout and all play as a team together. Well, you've still got a smile on your face, so that says it all, I think. So, How about you, Henry? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I also moved up to the first team this season. Yeah. Along with Brad and Harry. It was definitely good uh, playing with a, a lot of more experienced players, a lot of better defenders than me to teach me different things. Yeah. And I did score one goal this oh. season. Yeah. It was a, a dribbler. It went in about one mile an hour, but it still went. <laughs> it's a goal. That's the key thing. Well done, mate. <laughs> and you've got a really big smile on your face after that one. And that's, that's marvellous. <laughs> How about you, Isaac? I've seen quite a lot of you this season, obviously. What about yeah, your season? Played... Yeah, it's been a good season. My first season playing like proper adult hockey, so it's been good in the fourth team. Obviously, playing with Uncle Jimmy can be... Bit silly sometimes, but it's been good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Got a few Pretty goals serious, to my name, which is you nice. Have, yeah. Just a good start scoring on my debut. So it's been some really good highlights this season. So yeah. Yeah, and I've seen them. They've been brilliant, mate. So so well done for that. But George, I've not seen you hardly at all this season. How's your season been? It's you haven't played been, league games, obviously. Yeah, it's been good, thanks, Robbie. I've played a few of the development team games. Like Isaac said, I got a few goals. Yeah, it's just been fun. We haven't played many, though, because of cancellations, but yeah. it's been good overall. Well, hopefully things will improve next season, but I think, will, will you be old enough to, to move into uh, one of the higher teams next season? Yeah, hopefully. I'll be playing adults. Oh, great. I look forward to that then. Well, the next question, if I can come back to you, Henry, please. Um, I've mentioned this youth development programme. How, how long have you been involved in it and, and what, it, what are your thoughts about it? Well, I started a couple of years back and I was playing on a, a Sunday morning uh, when I was quite young. And then I moved to play with Steve uh, in a development team that he was putting on. And we were doing really well in that, which was quite good. We were undefeated, I think, for a while. And then within a couple of seasons, I went from that to the first team. So it was a big step up. 
But yeah, I think I'm out of the development bit now, hopefully. But I'm still improving, of course. Well, I, I was lucky enough to play with you in, in Steve's team on a number of occasions. And I could see you were ready to move up because you were telling me what to do on a number of occasions. And, and you were always <laughs> right, mate. So uh, yeah. that's the most important thing. So, Isaac, what about you? What, what are your thoughts about the youth programme? Have you enjoyed it? So, yeah, it's been good. I've been in the youth for a bit longer than Henry. But I didn't really get many matches. But I played a few. I think I've played with you a few times while we're in the development. Yeah. There was a few higher players playing with us. And it was just good fun to really start playing and learn a lot. And then obviously stepping up to the fourth team after that, it just made me improve a lot more. I think you hit the word. I mean, as long as you're having fun, we want you to improve. But if you're having fun, that is that is the key thing. Well, that's great. How about you, George? I mean, you, you can't have been in it as, quite as long as the others. No, I've not been old enough. But like... I've played bits of it and it's been fun, yeah. Which days have you played on? Which do you got these training sessions that have been going through the season? Yeah, I've been playing. I've been training with the older ones, but I haven't been playing many matches because of my age. Yeah, of course. But as you said before, that's going to probably change quite significantly next season. We hope so. Yeah. Look forward to that. And later, how about you? I mean, you've now moved on to the first team, but. Uh, what are your thoughts about the way you got there? I think I've well, I've obviously been at the club for a long time because of my mum and dad. But I think I've always been like supported. I used to just like go to training on a Wednesday, and then I started going on a Tuesday to the ones that Steve Shep and Jay used to run, and that yeah. helped me a lot because it helped me just play with a bit more, like a few more better players. And then eventually, obviously, COVID came. Then when I came back. It was my first season and I just went straight into the first team. Yeah, all, all four of you, yeah. You've had a year out of your development, really, haven't you? It's, and yeah. apart from playing keep me up in the back garden, there wasn't a lot to do with a <laughs> hockey stick. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad things have come, come together so well. The North Nuts Hockey Club. 100 Club. Sign up today to be in the monthly draw to win cash prizes. Keep listening to this podcast for more details. Right, if we can come back to you again then, Isaac. Um, you, you've played with some adult players. How is hockey different as you start going up the teams, in your opinion? <laughs> so, right. yeah, I've obviously only played fourth team so far, but from development, it's obviously a lot more physical. The game's a lot faster. It's just, I would say it's a lot more fun. You improve a lot more. Obviously, playing alongside, like, experienced players, like, lots of people in that team have been playing for a long time. It's just helped me improve a lot, but it's definitely a lot more physical, but still enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Have you got any examples of how physical it was? Have you been whacked by anybody? I don't think I have. There's a few, like, reckless ones that we've came against every now yeah. and again. Yeah. But I, I think I've been lucky. I think I've dodged most of the dirty tackles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, you don't get many in hockey, but you do get, as you get older, you get... People, you know, get stuck in a bit more. Not not, not violently, but... Uh, yeah. I'm on the team of the physical player, and that's Jimmy. So. <laughs> Uncle Jimmy again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, you, George, you said you, you played with some older players and you've enjoyed it. What's the difference when you play with older players? It's a faster pace, and you have to move the ball faster, otherwise they just come and take it, and it's, yeah, it's difficult. Because I've started... I've played a few games for other clubs and, yeah, it's just faster pace. 
and more physical, like Isaac said. Well, it, it might get a little bit faster and a little bit more physical next season. We'll see. How about you, Lionel? You up to the first team? Did you notice those kind of things? How was it for you? Yeah, it was obviously a lot faster, and the um, opponents were a lot better. But I also like played for another girls' team outside, and when you're playing for teams like that, you understand like the difference in lower level. Like it's a lot higher, and you have to be like always on it. Like you can't ever <laughs> stop. You have to be really like ready. So there's a big difference between the the other girls' team you play on and this and the team like the first team. Yeah. yeah. No time to it's stop and check. Yeah. yeah, I can. Yeah, as I find it, as the older I get, I stand at the back and have a little conversation. You can't do that when you plan at the first team level, can you? How about you? Yeah, I've always been said, but you definitely got to get fitter. Uh, you've got to run a lot more, and the ball hits you. Uh, when it hits you, it hurts a lot more. <laughs> so. It's coming at a bit more of a speed, isn't it? Yeah. How, how you develop your your fitness then? Have you had to work harder on that? Well, not really. It kind of comes with with the games because you're working hard and after a couple of games you kind of get used to it it's not something that you really have to focus on well for me and you're a lucky man so show off <laughs> just one more question for you all and we can start with george i think you probably answered this but you could tell us again george your ambitions for next season and and beyond that perhaps where you'd like to be in a few years time so hopefully i'll be pushing into the adults team Hopefully going into the second team, maybe, in the adult section. But on a more personal note, I'll hopefully be going to UK Lions in a couple of years as well. I, be oh, yeah. I believe oh, yeah. you've, you've played at some representative level already, haven't you? Yeah, I've been playing for Baja at a under-13s championship at Beeston. For, I got selected this year and I played last year as well for the same team. All right. So you're already experienced a bit of the, uh, the higher quality stuff. That's great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing you on the pitch next season. Layla, how about you? Your thoughts for the future? I just really want to enjoy hockey and just keep on playing and improving, really. It really. <laughs> are, are you determined to stay in that first team? Yeah. Too right. And I enjoy playing with them all. They're really nice, though. So. Well, and now you know each other. It should be an even better season next season. Yeah. How about you, Henry, then? What, what about your thoughts for the future? Well, I'm hoping Jay still wants me for his team. It would be nice. But yeah, hoping to get fitter, stay healthy, you know, have fun. Yeah, it's all part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, get, staying healthy. Yeah, we, if we all get COVID, it's no good. But if that can keep out of the way, I can't see anything stopping you, mate. I really can't. And lastly, Isaac, what about you? So, yeah, next season, I'm like, I think I'm in the boat of George. I'm between the fourth and second team. Not quite sure what team I'll be playing in next season, but obviously we've heard that Will Butler is going to be the second team captain next yes. year and he is a very experienced player, very good player. So if I end up in the second team with him, I'm sure he will help me obviously improve, upgrade my skills, upgrade my play style and just keep going up if I can. What about <laughs> Uncle James? You're going to leave him, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so not quite Will, are you? <laughs> Well, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose not. I suppose not, mate. No, it, I mean, this is, this is all great news to hear from all four of you. Uh, and I just would like to say congratulations on all your success so far. And it's, it's nice to see 
there's such a great future for the club and we're looking forward to great things and coming back to what we said a lot of fun in the seasons to come thanks everybody thank you thank you robbie you. you've heard the podcast now join the club and be part of something north knots hockey club are the best club in the mansfield area why not consider joining now for more details check out our social media sites on facebook and twitter 10 questions with jay and jimmy jimmy and jay hello and welcome to jay and jimmy's 10 tricky questions we are joined in this section by a true club great a player who has dominated in the upper echelons of the north knots ladies section for many years a player who has helped guide and drive our ladies section since it all began for her in 1995. She can't tackle for toffee and she may have a little temper problem, but we're about to put this great under the spotlight with Jay and Jimmy's 10 tricky questions. That's right, from great goals to amazing skills, Gemmett Louise Jackson Roxburgh has inspired us on the pitch side. She has won league titles and two national titles in the HA Vars and the Mixed National Trophy. And now she's going to meet her match with Jimmy and Jay's questions. Okay, Jimmy's. Hi, Gemma. Are you Hiya. are you ready for us to unleash some questions and get listeners more in tune with what makes Gemma Louise Jackson Roxburgh tick? Yeah, well, you got me a bit confused with that Jackson Roxburgh bit. I think that's the first time I've ever heard it out loud. Well, we we do. Is that the title you go by now? It, it well, it is is my official name. Yeah, but I, right. I still tell everyone it's Gemma Jackson because nobody ever actually understands it. How much does it cost to get your playing shirt printed then? Oh, I don't know. I haven't looked into that. I don't think I can afford it. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the questions. Question one. What's your favourite coach or manager that you've ever played under? Oh, tricky one. Um, it's hard to distinguish between a, a coach and a manager because I, I kind of have a, a little bit of both. So I, I, it'd be hard for me not to mention Mr. Thicket. I have to say Barry is, is Mr. Motivator and to not have him on the sideline as our manager, it, well, it, it, it's just not a thing. You, you can't go ahead without him. So he's definitely my favourite manager, favourite coach. Um, probably Paul, who we had a couple of years ago. He He really understood sort of me on a an individual basis I've had coaches come in before and and try and change me into to something I'm not playing in a position that I don't really understand and and it's not just about me it is about the team and obviously that, that them type of coach they probably work for the team but it, for, for me Paul motivated me he, he got the best out of me and, and I really enjoyed playing hockey under him and think I learned a lot and that's all hard when you're an old player like me <laughs> <laughs> I'd agree with that Gemma obviously I don't think the women have ever had a manager as good as Barry, uh, the way he is with everyone on the sideline. What about Guy Draper? <laughs> um, he's not one of my favourites. He <laughs> was actually, he knew his stuff. I think technical-wise, I think he was really good. I just think he, he was probably a little bit too young into the job to, to be coping with slightly older, what I was trying to say with Paul, with him being a bit older, he... And we were similar sort of age to his wife. I think he understood us a little bit better. Yeah, um, it is hard to uh, get women, to be fair. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what makes us tick when we're still <laughs> and 
Yeah, we're not the easiest. So. <laughs> Been a lot of, of good coaches through the club, haven't we? Really, I mean, I, I look back and sort of you've got sort of Will when he first came over, he did some really good sessions, and, and Greer. I mean, who don't love her? Come on, birds, let's have you in. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Question two What's the best piece of advice you have ever been given by a coach? Um, <laughs> I can tell you a piece of advice I would give that I took no notice of. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, again, we're talking a, a long, long time ago. It's quite a funny story, actually. Um, we were playing away at Telford and Rekin, and we were, we were doing quite good. We were winning probably two or three nil. And it was a time when we started getting a lot of the overseas players come over and they were all doing these orc shots that we'd never really seen. So... So I fancy go at that, me being the player that I am and wanted to go. So two or three times it first half I had to go and it's not my forte. I weren't brilliant at it, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and we've got Ian Faye coaching at the time. He says, half time, he says, right, Gemma, no more of that rubbish. Come on, that, that's enough for that. I'm like, nodding. Yeah, sorry, Ian. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing great with it, am I? So, <laughs> second oh, half, anyway one drop like an absolute peach so I went for it didn't I and in it sailed <laughs> so he got a bit, bit, bit of abuse for that I'm like yeah you said didn't do it again look what happened <laughs> yeah I don't I don't think you'd be able to tell kids nowadays not to do it because it's just a massive part of game isn't it it is I mean they, they brought up doing it aren't they I mean when we first started playing they were nothing like that but it, you just kind of wanted to go at it and Still can't Absolutely. do it now, but, <laughs> but no. In all seriousness, in, in terms of real advice, um, going right back to when I was just learning to play hockey, so talking 13, 14 year old, and Chris Shakespeare, um, he was my first coach, and great man he was. Um, yeah, he was. He always sort of we're quick to go into the 3D skills and the match play, and don't get me wrong, they're all important, but. Sometimes we, we've not really got them basic skills to trap a ball very well and um, to be able to hit a ball. And, and so I think stuff like that. And then I can always get in behind defence, drive around to that back line. And, and even now, if you look in modern hockey, it's still like the best way to break a defence. Yeah, yeah definitely. That, that would be my bit of advice to, to any player that the coach has taught me. Get into that baseline as soon as you can. Get your head up and look to pull it back to peace spot ball every time. Great advice. Yeah. Brilliant. Question three. How would your teammates describe you? Um, <laughs> probably hot-headed. Um, you probably couldn't get two different people like on a pitch and off a pitch because I'm quite placid and shy, I think. I'm, I'm up for a laugh, but off of a pitch, I'm probably not like the, the most confident, but on a pitch, I'm like, I don't know. A lion, I guess. Like my tack- tackling's crap, but like, like a forward, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So probably not edited. Like I've been known to have a few words with one or two umpires and really? a few challenges. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe you taught my wife Claire how to do that. <laughs> yeah, or maybe she taught me. She's a little bit older. <laughs> possibly, possibly. But learn from best. <laughs> Okay. I like to think they're throwing a bit of skill in there as well if they're describing me, but I think probably I'll edit a bit first thing that come out. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Okay, let's go on to question number four then. Question four. What's the one important lesson you have learned from your time playing for North Knotts Hockey Club? Probably first and foremost is is friends and family. Like hockey's great, and don't get me wrong, like it's what keeps us all motivated and going. But as Definitely. you start getting getting older, you you realise that what you want to do in your head ain't there on the pitch anymore. But what is always there and nobody can ever take away from you is is your friends that we made and. But I'm in, in my 40s now and I don't know how long I'll be playing hockey competitively for. But I know any time I can pick up a phone, if I've got feeling a bit down, I've got friends there that I can socialise with, see. And I mean, it's probably not the most joyous of things to talk about, but we, we've recently lost somebody in the club. And I know tomorrow's a, a funeral and, and it, it's not it, the old club is going to be there. And, and you just know you've got that support network around you of, of, of friends and family that... Yeah. It's, it's invaluable, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah. said. Absolutely, Jana. Question five. Who are your three favourite players you have played in the same team with in the 90s, the noughties and 2010 onwards? Okay. So I think I started playing around about 1995-ish. I think it would have been about 13, 14. So... That would have been around about the time. So a bit of a tenuous link because I'm not sure if I'd have quite played in the same team as him in the 90s because that was more when I got late teens um, when we started doing mix. But it's actually a man rather than a woman. And it's because he was a bit of a role model model when I was started playing back then. And it's Gary Bradbury because, as I've touched on earlier, like I like to think of myself as a bit of a flair, skillful player. And, and if you ever want a role model for that, kind of thing it's got to be him because I've just never seen skill like it when I first started playing what he could do with a ball it just you just can't coach it really a lot of it's natural talent um so yeah you have to be him from 90s absolutely uh, what a fantastic uh, player yeah, yeah. Was. amazing um, player yeah. very similar uh, you were very similar when uh, you didn't get the decision that you wanted as well <laughs> yeah, well, I'd say he was a bit of a role model and I learned from best. So if, if I'm going to learn anything, it'd be his skills and why not take it to next level and go for cards and mouse? Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, going through to 2000s, I'd pick from such a, a great team, but I'm going to go for Ellen Clark, not just for her skills on the pitch, but just the, the banter that we shared off of it. I mean, what a crack we had she's she's such a laugh obviously you've got great stick skills as well and and between her and Amy any kind of less running I had to do were always a bonus so <laughs> we'll, we'll go for Helen in 2010s moving into more recent years I, I think it goes without saying you've got to bring Amy Amy Butler or Amy Shaw in into the mix because I mean what a player um I, I've Remember, most most weeks she'd be in the opposition D having a shot one minute, most likely to go in. But if it didn't and she had to track back, she'd be in her own D defending um, just as quickly. So, yeah, I think it goes without saying that um, she's just probably best player um, that, that I've had the honour to share a pitch with. So, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Three good choices, I think, there, Gemma. Fantastic. Question six. Okay, um, your best and worst attributes on the pitch. My worst attribute, well, I've got to go back to my temper and my tackling, I think. 
as that as it seems, if I'm in, in the right position, a player coming at me, I can tackle it. If I'm running there back, I can't can, honestly. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like full on coaching on a body position and <laughs> <laughs> but no in all seriousness my tackling's shocking <laughs> so and and then like you feel like you're a victim don't you when you get blown up when you're tackling there's nothing wrong with your tackling or maybe you a little do. bit wrong with your tackling so then it, then temper kicks in so <laughs> <laughs> They go hand in hand, but as, as I've got older, I think I've, I've reined it in a little bit. Maybe it's just because I don't tackle so much anymore. Possibly, <laughs> <done> possibly. <laughs> uh, and my best attribute was probably my drive to win, which again brings in the temper, you see, and, and yeah. dribbling. I mean, that's probably what I'm best at. Yeah. Beating a player, really. Definitely not running in fitness. <laughs> Definitely you drive to win, Gemma, because I remember in the 2000s, you sort of, you drove the ladies section on for a long time with a lot of the cup runs and things like that. And you were instrumental in the mixed team when we won the national title, because you do love a good cup run, don't you? <laughs> I do, yeah. In, in, in every sense of it, like, it started off because like the women didn't really play cups and I used to come and watch like the men play and it was, I was just like in awe and jealous at the same time because they were just so much fun but so competitive and it was just what what's not to want about that really so yeah. the very first year we we did the knots cup which you know they were fine but like you just it was adding that extra element of playing teams you didn't normally play against and knowing you're on a national stage against the, uh, the best teams in the country at that level. Like yeah. when you're playing the same teams every week, they, they learn to, to know you, what you're about. And when you start playing different opposition, you, you take them a bit by surprise. And then oh, obviously throw yeah. a, a, a coach trip and a few beers and you, yeah. you're well away, aren't you really? Can't beat it. We've had some good times. Yeah. Absolutely. Question seven. Who's the most annoying player you've ever played with and why? You can't ask a woman that. You know how sensitive <laughs> women are. Why can't Come it's on. Like, it's a guaranteed upset for somebody. So, but um, if I had to pick somebody, and I'm going to, <laughs> got- I, don't like, I don't like chicken out of these things. It's probably more from an opposition point of view that should be annoying rather than to me. But Mandy Cottrell, like, for an opposition to try and play against her when most of the time, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, she don't even know what she's going to do herself, <laughs> let alone, like, opposite. How can you tackle somebody like that? I mean, the number of times, like, she backsticks it and so innocently gets away with it. It's, it's, it's got to be, like, in Guinness Book of Records, I'm sure. So I don't find it annoying, but I think opposition definitely would. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a cop out that one, Gemma, but we'll let you have it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Question eight. What game stands out as your all-time favourite and why? Oh, I don't think I've got many favourites, to be honest. No. In all joking aside, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's got a bit Vars final. 2003, yes. 2004. What a day that was, oh, really. I mean, fantastic day. Aside think, from us going ahead and winning it, like which obviously is amazing for club, like I was captain at team that day and 
got equalised with 40 seconds to go. So it's it's a standout on a personal level and as a, a club level for me. You know what you yeah. guys thought? But knowing you as long as Excellent. I've known you, Gemma, and, the, and I've been to a lot of games because obviously Claire played in them, I would say that's probably the most delirious I've seen you on a pitch after winning. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would go with that with you. I would say that's probably... Up there, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, well, Danielle will probably kill me for this because, like, I, thinking that question through, my like, was it my wedding day, my best day of my life, or winning that? Yeah, we're talking hockey, so we'll we'll And one of the best days of my life, but I mean, we, we've had some great matches, and you probably have to mention, you know, when we got promoted to Midlands Premier that day against sure. Loughborough at home and yeah. like the crowd we had down watching, like, it was unbelievable to play in. And I can remember before match that day, we were so, so, so nervous because like Loughborough was second in league and it were like do or die. And so uh, we, we took the lead and we, we looked like we were going for it. And then I'm not sure if they pulled one back or something and it was just so tense. But again, another great, great day. So many okay. memories. Question nine. So you can't play for North Knotts Hockey Club, but you've got to select another club. Who's it going to be? I know who it won't be. I can list more who it won't be than. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's as long as my arm. Like do, 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 any club, I think of, I think I don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think I'd sooner just not play than than play yeah. for another club. I can't honestly comprehend playing for for anybody else. I think that's like, a great answer, Gemma. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm the same. a lot of people are the same that they probably won't play if they can play for our club because that's how mm. close a lot of us are. So, so yeah, I think that's a great answer. Question ten, the tricky one. Okay then, so tricky number 10 question. Are you a real North Knotts boffin? We ask you to name all the items on the North Knotts, North Knotts crest. And for a bonus point, what does each one represent? <laughs> um, I don't know what they mean. I think there's like a tree. Maybe some keys. Oh, well done. Yeah. I'm struggling beyond that, if I'm honest. Bit of blue, a bit of yellow in a crest. You've only worn it for 30 years. No, it would help if I actually had my kit on now. Bearing in mind, I've just been playing off here, but I am, <laughs> I've been in goal. I could have just gone, oh, look, look, badge right in front of me. It's the biggest clue in the world, but I am, I'm uh, afraid. So did you say you've been playing hockey? Do you think there might be a reference to hockey on the, on the club badge? Yeah, I think it definitely says North Knotts Hockey Club on there. You think there possibly could be a hockey stick on there somewhere? Yeah, some crossed hockey sticks. Let's go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now there's just one hockey stick. There's cross keys. Cross keys. A hockey stick. And the last item's a sword. A sword? Yeah. What, for Robin Hood? Oh, man, you know that. James will tell you what the sword represents. Won't you, James? Yes, the sword represents St. Peter. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, it does, because St. Peter was beheaded, so it represents the beheading of St. Peter. And the keys are St. Paul's symbol. Then obviously You've got to Google that, though, Slacky. Surely you don't just no, know that. No, I know Slacky, everything. Yeah. I am a boffin. Yeah, we know everything. 
I got one right. That was the hockey sticks. <laughs> well, Gemma, it's been fantastic talking to you as our first guest on 10 Tricky Questions with Jay and Jimmy. Why do you keep saying that, Jay and Jimmy? Thought we agreed it was Jimmy and Jay. It's all about you. I'm sick on it. You can stick your podcast up yours. Upsetting, man, Jay. Well, well, Mr. Slack goes off and has a big slice of Mardi cake. All that's left for me to do now is say thank you to our guest, Gemma Louise Jackson Roxborough. And hopefully we'll see you again soon with 10 questions from Jay and Jimmy. 100 Club. The North Knots Hockey Club 100 Club. Now, the 100 Club is a continuous fundraising effort where members, or indeed non-members of the club, pay £5 per month into a draw, with the total pot being split into two. Half goes directly to the club, and that the other half goes to prize money. The prize money is drawn each month and split between first, second and third place. The current first place winner each month wins around £50. So to enter, each person picks a number between 1 and 100, assuming it's available, anything, your squad number, your date of birth, the number of goals you scored, your inside leg measurement, it's up to you. And then this is drawn each month. So if you'd like to take part in the 100 Club, then contact Mark Johnson, he'll have a list of numbers, and then you can set up your £5 standing order. And now for the main feature of our podcast, an interview with Chris Buck. How are you, Chris? How you doing? Robbie, brilliant to speak to you, mate. How are you doing? It's great to see you. It's great to see you. And just before we get on to the main questions, I just wanted to remind people of a reference to a duck in the last podcast. Is there anything you want to say about your meeting with that duck? Um, well, I know I shouldn't say um, but... I'd not listened to the podcast previously. And then Jason kept bugging me and bugging me, saying, you really need to listen to it before we move on. <laughs> and I said, why? Because you're in it. And I'm like, really? I can't remember ever signing up to this. Anyway, so I did force myself, went for a walk with dog, put my headphones on, listened to podcast, and I thought, that's why these three blokes stood outside my ass with placards. Or placards. <laughs> the Duck Protection League. Oh, I don't really remember anything about it. <laughs> no, we'll move on then. We'll move on. Now, you are part of the legendary class of 1989, uh, which produced so many good young players yourself included, obviously, and perhaps you could start by telling us how it all began for you with hockey and how you got involved, how you got involved in hockey in the first place. Yeah, so um, I remember oh, back in the day, obviously my dad used to play, and not only my dad, um, my cousin Ian, his uncle, my uncle Mick, and my cousins Steve and Neil, Uncle Roger, all used to play for North Knotts Hockey Club, and the first time... I remember going to watch them. Was um, used to play at Warsop. That was the first ground I remember going to. Yeah. Um, and I think that became a BMX track later on, where probably Claire, Jason's wife, had a rumble into BMXing. But before that, it was a hockey 
pitch and um, it used to be at the side of the river. And then from there, I remember they moved to Moss, no, the Harriers, um, Sutton Harriers, which is where the B&Q is now, I believe. It used to be a running track the there and, the, and there okay. used to be um, a, a pitch in the middle of it. And then later it became Oakham United Football Club. Right. And then Hosham Mills Cricket Club played at the back end of it. So it was quite a big site, really, I think. And Anyway, so the hockey club used to play in the middle of the running track at, at Sutton Harriers, as, as I remember. Not that well. I was quite young, though, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so used to go and watch my dad play hockey there. Both my uncles, obviously, still playing. All of my cousins used to come along and watch. Yeah, so I think that's like the early sort of memories of watching hockey that I've got, really. A bit like the Sloans, a whole family getting involved in the way that uh, yours did. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Really good, yeah. Well, I mean, so, um, like a family club, I think there's part of the evidence. Yeah, I remember um, when we were watching um, on the running track, the game was going off and we all decided to climb onto the um, starters gantry, which was basically like um, a set of steps on wheels. And then, so there were myself, Simon, Ian, Neil, Steve, all decided to start rocking it, to make it a bit more exciting than just climbing up it, having been told not to climb up it. Next thing, falls over. <laughs> I think I was first to fall off. Everyone landed on top of me. Then the gantry landed on top of me. So, um, <laughs> anyway, quite a long story short, end up breaking my leg. Andy Barnes was playing at that time on the pitch. Um, he did a quick assessment and thought it would carry all right to carry on for the second half of the game. <laughs> then I was, well, at this time, I was starting to say, it really is starting to hurt now. I can't move my foot. We've got two hockey sticks, the old-fashioned, like, Grey's Nichols grass sticks, you know, with the massive heads. Massive heads, yeah. Yeah, so they taped those two sticks down either side of my leg, taped them to my leg. I'm not sure if they reconvened for the second half and then thought, we'll finish it as quick as we can. I think they were winning at that stage, so they were doing all right. Um, anyway, Andy Barnes took me to hospital, but by the time I got to a hospital, my leg had been broke that long. The doctor said that they needed to re-break it. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is all stems from watching hockey. That's why I love it so much, apparently. Um, Such a dangerous so, game. <laughs> went to hospital. Um, Andy got me straight in, to be fair to him. Went into theatre, broke my leg again. And then I ended up in... Um, at the hospital upon Nottingham Road. Harlow Wood. Yeah. I spent about 12 weeks in there. On Happy days. So that was my first insight into hockey, really. But from then on, obviously, it's just grown and grown. And it's been such a big part of my life ever since that, you know, I've never looked back, met so many nice people. So many good friends, and it's been fantastic. I mean, you'd have been forgiven for not going near a hockey pitch ever again after that experience, but you did, thank, thank goodness. 
So uh, what, what are your memories of playing with that group of lads that uh, came through in 1989? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this. And um, I think we all, a lot of us, went to school together in sort of junior school. So myself, Jay, James's brother, Neil, Mark, Jason Barton, we all played football for St Edmund's Primary School. And then they're only a small school. They're only one sort of year group and everything like that. And then we all moved up to Manor and we all sort of stuck together. And when we went up to Manor in the first two years, you're expected to play rugby. And that's all the sport that there was and we gave it a go but we're all quite small and not very good at rugby in the third year then you had the option of playing football or playing hockey now we'd all played football together previously for Pock or Colts so we the had the worst football team in the world <laughs> <laughs> but we got we on great. didn't we yeah we did we weren't yeah anyway so the option of playing hockey, you know, we all tried out for the school team. I don't think any of us got in. So we played hockey and then we seemed to be all right. We'd already been going with my dad and my dad used to pick all of us up and take all of us in back of his Volvo estate. There used to be, at times, probably nine people in back of that car Whoa. going to King's <laughs> playing hockey or watching hockey or, you know, doing the potatoes or serving up the beans or whatever were required at that time. And we, we just loved it. And, it, you know, we felt part of a community and we started playing from then on, really. And then we've always stuck together since, really. So just a really good group of friends that stuck together. I mean, you said earlier on that um, it's really been an important part of your life. And obviously you've got this group of friends. How, how else has it been a... A significant part of your life. So, from like obviously starting at a young age, and then Mick Packer started doing a bit of coaching with us. He started organising the um, training at, at Shybrook Leisure Centre, and there were quite a few people who used to go there. He used to do in some indoor stuff at um, St Philip's, I think it was. All Saints. All Saints. Sorry, yeah. So. We used to do some training there, didn't we? We oh, used yeah, to play on the road. We used to do some training down there. And um, all the time we were playing on these harder surfaces, the game were getting quicker and quicker. And our stick skills were getting better and better. And then by the time we started playing at sort of Kingsway and on the Red Graw, then we moved to Manor. And then we really came into our own, I think. The, skicks, the stick skills that we developed um, the speed of thought and everything else were, we were flying at that stage. Well, you could certainly see the effect. Your your hockey skills have always been impressive to me and filled me full of awe. So I, I wondered, I mean, with the development of Astro, you were prepared. You were ahead of the game, it seems. Yeah, total fluke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. You got there. You got there. Mm. So, uh, so Mick Packle coached her as well. McPacker. So you've, you've, you've dealt with a, a number of people over the years then and looked after you. Yeah, yeah. Any particular yeah, other I mean, people who have been, been significant yeah, in your development? I started with like Chris Shakespeare taking us to games in his car and, you know, one year, or oh, one game, 
driving to Burton, I think, accelerator cable snapped and <laughs> tied a rope around it somehow. And he was he pulling did. it through was... driver's side window to accelerate. He did, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> 15 cigars while there were seven kids sat in back of his car. But that were all right. Can you remember, Chris, when you, when you used to open the doors on the Rover, you used to pull up at the game, you'd open the doors on the Rover and just a big plume of smoke would come out and you've got these four or five kids getting out. Probably got permanent lung damage from riding to the game with him in the car, bless him. We, we, used, to re- we used to meet at Rosemary Street, didn't we? So, um, yeah, and, we did. and it was absolutely, if you're there, you'll get picked up and taken to the game. If you're not there, they'll just leave you and yeah. that's it. So, yeah, good times. Well, that's the key thing. Good times all the all the way. If you wish to advertise on the North Knots Hockey Club podcast, get in touch now because opportunities are available. Contact us at North Podcast at gmail.com. What about personal memories for you? Good moments on and off the field and, and club moments as well. What are the ones that yeah, stand I mean... out in your mind? I think that's a different chapter altogether, to be honest, because we've had so much. I think we've always, always overperformed as our group, as a club. We've done so well from, you know, humble beginnings and where we've gone to from, you know, I can remember when we first started playing, we were in Division sort of 4 East or something like that, Atherston, Adders away and Barton and teams like that that, weren't really that great but that were our level at that stage and then from then on you know me jay maz all of us um stuck with it got in, enjoyed it that's the main thing got into the first team eventually and then we had a really strong first and second team a lot of years um that pushed both teams on and the club on in general really so um yeah, and then we had like good cup runs, and it, I think it went from strength to strength. Really, the great the great season that I obviously remember, and I'm sure you do too, is probably ninety nine two thousand when Andrew Winter, Jeremy Davy, and Jeff Rosemergie, both uh, yeah. all three of them played for us. I mean, that was probably the highest finish we ever had as a as a club, wasn't it? And you know, you were instrumental in that team in the midfield for us. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I mean, that one, my dad just happened to write a letter. Um, they'd had a, my dad obviously played cricket for Blithers and they'd had overseas players and they had Chris Cairns before he went wrong. Um, so he wrote a letter to the um, Institute of Sport in Perth, which is where my brother lives now, nearby. To say, is there any lads that are interested in coming over to play for this local hockey side? And it was Jed, Jeremy, that were working there at the time because he were in the um, he were in the Australian development squad, and he picked up the letter and thought, "I'm really interested in this." He brought Ted with him, and then from then on, for about ten years, I don't think we looked back because we were absolutely flying at that stage because there were. Um, only one national league, I think. We were playing in Midlands Prem, which was the sort of second division of the national league at that stage. Although Jed never scored ever, he were instrumental 
in coaching and everything else that it brought to our club. But it was still the same group of like kids and people and people that had been around the club for ages. Everybody supported it. Everybody were part of it. We used to have training. And I'm not joking, there could be 60 people at training on a Wednesday night down on Manor. Wow. At that time. Just uh, just for context now and for what a good signing Jeremy Davy was, just to let you know, he's currently at the moment is the assistant national women's coach for Australia at the moment, Jeremy is. That's how far yeah. he's come now. I mean, he was... He, 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 he wouldn't be the assistant, would he, but... No. Never mind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we'd we definitely have the top yeah. job if it had stayed with us. But... <laughs> Jump ship a bit too early. <laughs> yeah, well, top lad. So they were really golden years for the club. I mean, and oh, absolutely. First night he landed, um, he were like really, really switched on, really serious, not been out for a beer. Like living with Scott Young, which must have been an eye opener for him. <laughs> so, um, we just get to know each other. We're just good at plough, Bill Rosso, as it is now. I'll have a couple of pints. And um, I think it was about quarter past 12 at night. I took him through um, KFC drive through in a Sainsbury's trolley or whatever it was at that stage. He was like, and then he, he just stuck with us from then on. He was absolute brilliant. Really, really nice lad. Yeah, he was. top bloke. He was. Yeah. He was. Oh, marvelous memories those. Yeah. So, what about the future then? I mean, it's uh, what hockey is left in Chris Bug? Not that much in me, but hopefully in my kids. So, Wilfred's hopefully playing next Sunday. Strong tackler, one of them. Evie. Um, is, that, is that the book tackling gene? That That's very worrying if it is. Oh, God. Evie shows a real interest, and Florence is playing tackle. next Sunday as well. Yeah, so um, I think it'll be more not so much playing, but getting involved and trying to help out where we can. Hopefully, if we get back to Manor, you know, things will start picking up. We'll get the kids back online, help out with Claire and you know, all the juniors coaching staff that are doing a brilliant job and it's been really hard for them not having a pitch and trying to do stuff at Debdale, but they've kept going, to be fair to them. So, you know, I think we need to sort of start supporting them a little bit more and hopefully that's what I can do, do a bit of coaching or umpiring, whatever's required, really. That's great news. I look forward to seeing you down there, hopefully on the manor. Yeah, Yeah. And maybe even with a stick in your hand... uh, just occasionally, you yeah. never know. Yeah. No, again. Would it be fair to ask you, could you pick one particular memory, either on or off the field, that you always think, yeah, I'm glad I played hockey and that happened? I don't know, really. I mean, like as you sort of play for such a long time, things sort of develop and things either mean more or, you know, you can say that the game that we played against Burton when I scored a hat-trick and ended up with 17 stitches and my dad got some electrical tape and taped my head back together so I could go on for the rest of the second half. I think I remember that. A caring father. 
I, I'm more like thinking, why am I playing off at that stage? I think Terry <laughs> <laughs> Butcher of North North. Yeah, that, that, that was a game that way. Who was that lad who kept their short corners? Can you remember? Northcott. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at that time, nobody were drag flicking, were they? No, really. no, he was. He was. He was one at first. Right from Harbour. Point, weren't he? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that was, I was in a bit of a mess that day. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's so so many good times that we've had through the years. I I just remember it as being a really, really good time for most of the time, really. And I don't I think the highlight is that there weren't that many downtimes. That's good to hear. Absolutely. Well can I just say, Chris, I mean it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure. I've not played with you that much over our careers because you were going up as I was coming down and one of us was moving faster than the other. I won't say which, <laughs> but I've certainly enjoyed watching you play and as well as enjoying playing when I've had that opportunity. So I do hope you can get back and get involved in some way in the future. In some way, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's what we all sort of used to live for and in some ways still do, isn't it? And uh, just a fantastic group that we've got, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to pull us through. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Get a home and, you know, make it our home again, don't we? That's what we need to do. That's the key thing. Yeah. That's the key thing. Hey, well, th thanks a lot, Chris. This has been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, as I say, we're going to see a, a lot more of you in the, in the future. I really hope so. Yeah. Thank you. You take care. Take care. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. Bye. The latest North Knots Hockey Club news with Robbie Hudson. And now for the second section of our news from the club. First of all, some junior results. The North Knots under eights played on the 19th of June away at Rotherham Hockey Club. They competed against Chapeltown, Chesterfield, Doncaster, Sheffield and Rotherham. The teams did really well and now are looking forward to continuing their training throughout the summer. Now news of some representative honours. In the men's section, Josh Singleton representing the club played for the full county side and came away with a runners-up medal in the county tournament. Junior Harry Faulkner has represented Nottinghamshire at both under-15 and under-17 level this season. Harry has also represented the Midlands at under-15 level and he captained the Midlands team in games at Wakefield. George Faulkner has represented Nottinghamshire at under-14 level and under-13 level. Layla Slack represented Nottinghamshire at under-15 and under-17 level, while Sophie Adams-Batchelor represented Notts at under-17. Both Sophie and Layla also guested for Matlock at under-18 level and reached the semi-final of the National Cup. Juniors Brad, Henry, Elliot, Harry and George played as guests for Chesterfield in the England Hockey Tier Section 2 Under-16 Championship and were narrowly defeated on shuffles in the last 16 by the Isle of Man. And finally, some news of upcoming events. The men's first 11 start the Summer League campaign at Beeston on the 7th of July and will compete in Division 2. The opening game is against the hosts, Beeston's B-side. And that's the end of all the news for this podcast. Well, we're almost at the end of our second podcast. I've really enjoyed doing it. Jimmy, what are your thoughts about this second 
How, how have we moved on? Have you how you enjoyed what we've heard and taking part yourself? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it, Robbie. I've enjoyed the Chris Book interview and the 10 questions with Gemma. I've got over my Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Till the next time. Is it yeah, still yeah. is it still 10 questions with Jay and Jimmy? No, because we had a discussion after and we <laughs> it's Jimmy and Jay. <laughs> So, yeah, I've got over my little Marty. Hopefully it's successful as the first one. It's a learning curve for us all, really. I think you're absolutely right. We're, we're, we are learning on the job, as it were. So, uh, yeah. what about you, Jazz? Is it going as, as you hoped, perhaps in yeah. different directions? It, it tends to be going in every direction <laughs> at the moment. The one thing I'm really pleased of is we're starting to include more club issues now. Obviously, the 10 questions with Gemma is focusing on the ladies' section. It's good that some of the ladies have given me feedback that they want more content in it. And that's what it's all about. It's to get people talking in the club. And I'm quite happy for us to involve everyone because, like we say, we're one club. Whether it's juniors, adults, ladies, men's, we just need to include as many people as we can. And Indeed. like you say, we are we are going off in different directions. We've had people possibly interested in sponsorships for us. And we've had an article published in the hockey paper. Right, so I think it's only fair we give them a mention, Robbie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The hockey paper are the self-proclaimed number one destination for hockey news on the global game. They cover English top flight, regional, international action, and also cover grassroots hockey, which we obviously believe is an integral part of the game being a grassroots club ourselves. And I think they've realised how groundbreaking our podcast is. When you think about it, we must be the first in the world, not the UK, not regionally in the Midlands, but the world that set up a regular podcast to report solely on the club and look back at the great times the club has shared and also how it's trying to grow participation in the sport. I think we're onto something really special. Anyone following us, creating their own podcast, will hopefully have been inspired by this little grassroots club called North Knots. <laughs> As I've said, we're open to sponsorship deals and anyone wishing to invest in a hockey pitch for the club will be more than welcome. Absolutely. The paper is now internet-based, but they're looking to move to an app-based interface. I'd encourage anyone interested in hockey to pay the small subscription fee and get access to some great articles. And the hockey paper can be found at www.hockeypaper.co.uk. Oh, marvellous stuff. As we've said previously, we've had mysterious people listening in Belgium. We still want to know who you are. <laughs> people in America... And it's all growing the name of the club. Yeah. People are coming back. And like we say, we're pushing back. We're moving forward. It's great. And that's what we want. That's what we want. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, we've had a really good time putting this all together. So just a few thanks before we finish. Thanks to Zach again for putting it all together. This is a really time-consuming process and he does an amazing job. He does. Thanks to the, to the yeah. youngsters. Thanks to Chris, to Gemma for giving up your time to take part. Thanks to Johnny Smedley for the graphics. And of course, thanks to you out there. Anyone who's listening, if you're coming back for the second time or for the first time, I hope you've enjoyed it. So until the next time, keep pushing back. Lindsay Ann Allen, fondly known to her family and friends as Lou, sadly lost her battle to cancer aged 35 on the 19th of May 2022. 
She was finally laid to rest on the 17th of June. Lindsay represented the true values of North Knotts Hockey Club. Loyalty, integrity, kindness, and most of all, courage. Playing for the club in the ladies' section from a young age and continuing well into her senior years, when she didn't play, she would often be seen supporting her friends on the sidelines, even when she became ill. Lindsay forged many strong friendships through North Knots, and in particular with Dawn and Dixie, who have shared so many special times together, supported her through her last few difficult years and created many special memories that will last a lifetime. Our thoughts go out to all her family and friends and especially Leanne, her twin sister, who also plays for North Knots. Leanne, you are not alone and we hope that that was demonstrated through the amazing support shown at the funeral. Your loss is all of our loss and we will continue to remember her beautiful, infectious smile. We are with you every step of the way. At this time, such events encourage us to think and reflect on those other members that we have sadly lost. We think about you always, we talk about you still. You have never been forgotten and you never will. We hold you close within our hearts and there you will remain to walk and guide us through our lives until we meet again. <laughs>